Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Think of us as a digital caravan of storytellers, bringing authentic, authoritative, and exclusive stories to you weekly from the tea lands. Hello, everyone. T-Biz is on vacation next week, returning June 24th. Here are this week's headlines. Bottled tea is bouncing back. Honest Tea co-founder Seth Goldman will launch a rival tea brand. Tea parcels contributed to a record carrier volume in 2021. Plus, T-Biz travels to Chicago where Suzette Hammond, founder of Being Tea, describes an expanded eight-month course on how to be a brilliant tea educator. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliptia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. June is National Iced Tea Month, and for the first time in two years, there's reason to celebrate as sluggish sales rebound. COVID dealt iced tea sales a sharp blow by closing diners and cafes for lunch in some of the busiest U.S. cities. But food service sales are on the rise, and ready-to-drink teas grew by 5.8% in 2021 to $8 billion. Total U.S. tea sales were estimated at $13.1 billion in 2021, according to Statista Market Research. The top five RTD brands, Pure Leaf, Arizona, Lipton, Gold Peak, and Snapple, accounted for $3.5 billion in sales in 2021, according to market research firm IRI. Pure Leaf, which is manufactured by Lipton and PepsiCo, is the category leader, approaching $1 billion in U.S. sales, followed by Arizona at $600 million. Sales of bottled and canned teas were flat in 2019 and 2020, according to Statista. Euromonitor beverage analyst Matthew Berry writes that the tea in the United States was uniquely vulnerable to coronavirus since an unusually high proportion is consumed at food service. Statista estimates that 52% of spending and 5% of volume consumption in the tea segment will be out of home by 2025. In 2019, that proportion was 48%. 
The decline was most evident in iced tea on lunch occasions by office workers in city centers and at tourist locations and hotels. Among those who became unemployed during the pandemic, 94% say they would consider returning to office work for the right job and pay, according to CNBC's All-American Workforce Survey in May. CNBC writes that returning the labor force participation rate to pre-pandemic levels is critical for the economy right now as it would alleviate a nationwide worker shortage that threatens higher inflation. Biz Insight. The fastest growing niche in RTDT is spiked. One example is Hoop T, which was acquired last November by Anheuser-Busch. The giant beer company's low-alcohol and not-so-low-alcohol Beyond Beer segment captured more than $1 billion in sales during the pandemic, according to market research firm IRI. The line of Maryland-based Hoop Tees 5% ABV hard seltzers includes white mango, peach black tea, goji berry green tea, orange hibiscus, and kiwi berry. Sparkling teas and nitrogen-infused tea with beer-like foamy heads are marketed to health-conscious consumers. Twisted tea, owned by Boston Beer, is the category leader with 90 to 5% market share. Boston Beer announced this week that it will begin selling THC-infused tea in the Canadian market. The brand is called Teapot. Honest Tea co-founder Seth Goldman announced that Eat the Change, where he is the head change agent, will produce a rival line of just sweet enough organic fair trade bottled teas. On May 23rd, Coca-Cola announced it would phase out fresh brewed Honest Tea by the end of 2022, about 11 years after acquiring the brand. Goldman joined Coca-Cola after selling the company and advised managers at Honest Tea until 2019. Honest Tea generated $600 million that year and was the top-selling tea in the natural food channel. In the announcement to phase out the brand, Coca-Cola executives said they chose Gold Peak for its premium customers and Peace Tea, which is popular with young tea drinkers in the Midwest and Southern states. The company retains the rights to the Honest Tea brand and will continue producing Honest Kids, a juice line sold at fast food outlets, including McDonald's. Goldman wrote, quote, The response to Coke's announcement helped me appreciate that for millions of people, Honest Tea is more than just a tad sweet bottled tea. It is a different approach to ingredients, to the planet, and to people, to employees, farmers, and tea drinkers, end quote. Bethesda, Maryland-based Eat the Change is a healthy snack brand founded in 2020 by Goldman and celebrity chef Spike Mendelsohn. The staff includes many senior-level executives initially involved in growing Honest Tea, from a kitchen experiment to one of the few organic mainstream brands on track to earn a billion in sales. In its press release, Coca-Cola noted that sales of Honest Tea had declined 
and that obtaining glass bottles was more difficult and expensive due to the pandemic. Coca-Cola earned $38 billion in 2021 and owns more than 20 beverage brands that annually generate at least $1 billion in sales. The company has trimmed about 200 beverages from its portfolio in the past five years. Goldman said that tea suppliers are worried that Coke's action could be seen as a loss of confidence in organic and fair trade agriculture, a decision that could dampen the global desire to invest in these higher standards. As one of our suppliers wrote me, he said, We have been so inspired to be part of the journey that you led and want to try to continue the effort and to fight the suggestion that this was all a failed experiment, end quote. The honest tea approach to organic and authentic ingredients fits neatly within Eat the Change's mission to offer chef-crafted, planet-friendly foods, said Goldman, quote, We can't wait to share them with the world and prove there's no downside to infusing your hopes for a better world into your business and your tea. End quote. Business Insight Seth Goldman said that he is already busy in the kitchen devising new blends. Bottlers are lining up to manufacture what could become a successful launch. Organic tea suppliers will certainly be relieved if the brand can scale, but Honest Tea is popular regionally, not uniformly across the U.S. Sales reached a plateau prior to the acquisition. It was not until Coca-Cola acquired the brand that obstacles to distribution were removed. The new, yet-to-be-named tea brand will compete for shelf space with Gold Peak, along with PepsiCo's Pure Leaf, and numerous other bottled teas, including Numi Organic Tea. A record 21.5 billion parcels were sent in 2021, an increase of 6% to earn a new high of $188 billion in revenue for U.S. carriers. Senders average 59 million parcels a day, or 683 per second, equal to 166 packages per household in 2021. Around 37% of all parcel shipments resulted from purchases made online. Amazon Logistics delivered 57% of the 8.4 billion parcels ordered on the website, with 3.6 billion parcels passed to rival carriers for last-mile delivery. Amazon generated $22 billion in shipping revenue in 2021, a 19% increase year-over-year. The Pitney Bowes Shipping Index projects U.S. parcel volume to reach up to 40 billion parcels annually by 2027, growing an estimated 5-10% to per year. John Dees, Executive Vice President and President of Sending Technology Solutions at Pitney Bowes, said the industry was rocked last year by outside influences that showcased the resiliency of the U.S. consumer and the industry's ability to absorb their growing appetite for Internet retail. The U.S. Postal Service shipped 6.9 billion parcels down from $7.3 billion in 2020. 
UPS handled 5.3 billion parcels, up from 4.9 billion the previous year, and FedEx shipped 4.2 billion parcels, up from 3.7 billion in 2020. Parcel volume by smaller carriers grew by 94%, nearly doubling the previous high. Arvinda and Antharaman in Bengaluru reports on this week's tea auction prices. India Tea Price Report for the week ending June 4th, 2022. This week has seen a growing focus on the MRL levels, the maximum residue levels in tea, as news of shipments being rejected for non-compliance was reported. Industry leaders linked this to the revision in the MRL levels of the chemical quinalfos on the advice of the Tea Research Association. The Food Safety and Standards Association of India, that's the FSSAI, has also been conducting random testing of samples and the Indian Tea Board has issued a circular that all producers must meet the FSSAI parameters to be made suitable for sale. This again points to the variations in MRL standards across the different markets of the EU, Japan and India. There is no single standard and producers are forced to comply to wherever their markets are. In the news report, Anshuman Kanoria, chairman of the Indian Tea Exporters Association, was quoted as saying, FSSAI should bring more chemicals under MRL and the standards of most should be nearer the international standards considering the long-term health of the tea industry. In tea prices, sale 22, Kolkata saw good demand for orthodox tea and CTC, all the prices remained low, not unlike sale 21. Exporters were active for Darjeeling, although average prices have dropped further. And Gohati Hindustan Unilever was active for both leaf and dust. Prices went up marginally by 7 rupees from sale 21, but remains lower than sale 22 for 2021. In the south, Kunur continued to see a good demand for orthodox leaf from exporters and domestic buyers. This was also seen in Cochin uh, for both orthodox leaf and dust with 100% dust sold. Exporters to the CIS and Middle East were active for leaf, while upcountry buyers bought the entire dust available. And now, a word from our sponsor. Q-Trade understands that a successful tea blend goes beyond the creative fusion of appearance, aroma, and flavor. Our multi-award winning product development team is passionate about converting natural ingredients into sensory experiences that customers crave. Every recipe is formulated with a commercial backbone of dependable quality sourcing with a pricing structure that supports a safe, regulated, profitable, and scalable blend. Q-Trade meets every brand's retail, food service, and e-commerce need. For more information, visit our website, qtradetees.com. This week, T-Biz correspondent Jessica Natalie Woolard travels to Chicago, where Suzette Hammond, founder of Being Tea, describes an expanded eight-month course on how to be a brilliant tea educator. So, you're a tea sommelier, or a tea blender, or a small business owner who sells tea. You know your stuff, your industry. You are an expert in your field of tea. And because of that expertise, people want to learn from you. You realize that part of being a tea professional is imparting your knowledge to others, to teach the ways of tea, the history, the benefits. 
the beauty of this ancient plant. You are called to educate about tea. Here's where Suzette Hammond of the Chicago-based school Being Tea recognized a gap in tea training. Tea professionals are not taught how to teach about tea, how to deliver meaningful programs in a small group or one-on-one, -on -one, how to develop lesson plans for hundreds of people in a live audience at a conference, or the hundreds more joining in online. A tea educator with more than 20 years experience, Suzette, or Suze as she's affectionately known, has developed an eight-month professional teacher training course for tea professionals like you. Let's chat with Suze about this program and its applications in the tea industry. Can you tell us about a few people who've taken your program and how they're using what they've learned to improve their tea business? It's really special to see how folks are using this in very unique ways. One of our students, Nicole Wilson now, who is the founder of Tea For Me Please, she uh, recently just published a book, the Tea Recipe Book, and it's fabulous. It's amazing. Um, breaks down completely DIY recipe preparations for folks. And when she was developing that book and right around when it was released, I remember her telling me that I, she poured a lot of what she learned in this program into that book in terms of her approach for how would I teach people how to do this? How do I think about accessibility? How do I think about language and structure? Um, that was really inspiring because like to me, you know, as a quote unquote teacher, like my framework is classes and workshops but I realized that's not everyone's format. Nicole is a writer, right? And so while she, you know, does teach some classes and is developing some things with group, you know, in person like that, her, her main format is writing. And so that was really amazing to see how she translated that into, into writing. Isn't that interesting how Nicole has applied the tea teacher training in a unique way? She's used her education to help get into the mind of the audience of her book to consider what they need to know and how best to communicate with them. Suze also mentioned small business owners are a large percentage of her students. Let's hear about a small business owner who's taken her teacher training program. One last student who comes to mind is, um, well, she goes by the name T, <laughs> which is really cute. Um, her, her full name is Tamina, uh, Tamina Manchi, who is the uh, founder of Mithega Tea in Nairobi, Kenya. And so she's someone who came to the program as a certified tea sommelier, one of the first in East Africa. And so she has a really deep tea background. A lot of it was in field research and understanding tea cultivation. And so she didn't intend to create a small tea business, but it just kind of happened in the pandemic. And I remember her saying to me that when she was getting started, it hadn't occurred to her how important education would be. How in order to actually sell the tea, move the tea, that she would have to train people. It just, it was something that really had not come up for her. And so seeing that light bulb moment go off for somebody and that at every point during the program, you know, she'd be training people and then we would have another session together and make these learnings and these connections happen in real time. And she was just so excited about that. <laughs> that was really awesome to see. 
Tamina's experience is interesting, isn't it? And quite relatable. She was an educator, but didn't realize it at first. Once she did, she could see the application to her daily work in sales. Now, Sue spent a part of her career training tea professionals in a business setting. From that experience, she recognizes all the different ways teaching moments can happen. One-on-one in a shop, in front of a group at a conference, in an online event, even perhaps a media interview. How does the curriculum of Being Tea's teacher training program reflect the different environments where education happens? Interestingly, one of the questions that I've had from people who are interested in the program is like what percentage of this program focuses on like technical skills and logistics and what percentages focus on like soft skills. And I would say a very large percentage of this program is soft skills. In other words, how we relate, you know, person to person, even the logistical and technical component of it, like classroom management is still through the lens of how we relate to people. So the first part of the program really looks at first starting this journey of what calls you to this work, just really carefully examining what we think a teacher should be, what we think an educator should be. And then we get into exploring adult learning theory, experiential learning theory, building blocks of creating a really engaged workshop or engaged program with somebody. We look at just the environment of what we're teaching itself, you know, the consideration for like the room, the space, where it's located. And again, not from a logistical perspective at first, but from what happens when people step into that room, handle the energy in the room uh, as we're teaching. And then in the middle part of the program, we transition a little bit to looking at some of those more technical and logistical components. So we spent a whole module just looking at time and lesson plan development because that's such a big area for people. Uh, We look at logistics. So the equipment you might need, how you scale that up or scale that down, depending on the groups that you have, looking at teaching outside versus inside, uh, teaching online, teaching for different size spaces, and how that fits in with all this nice groundwork we've been covering so far for keeping in mind the best ways that people are going to learn a very sensory subject like tea. And then towards the end of the program, we circle back to more soft skills, but from a a deeper point of view this time. I imagine, or I hope at least, that you've had one or two memorable teachers who have nurtured your interest in education. Can you tell us about an instructor who inspired your passion for teaching and education? One of my favorite tea people in the whole world is uh, is Donna Fellman, who developed the World Tea Academy, and she also developed a large portion of the the program that's taught for the especially Tea Institute. And she's someone who had a background in education herself, and I really loved the the presence that she had in front of people. Um, she's retired now from teaching. She would just be so comfortable and at ease in that moment in front of a group of people. The, where it didn't seem like there's this boundary between her and the, the classroom. When you're going into a setting where it's a much larger group, I mean, some of those classes we taught were like 60 people. <laughs> um, how do you maintain that sense of intimacy? And so I really loved watching how she was in that room and 
it made me realize that there's there's a lot that does translate from the small experience to a big one. You bring that same quality of self when you step into a bigger bigger space like that. So yeah, I think of I think of Donna a lot when I'm teaching. Self reflection is an essential component of self improvement, which is why reflections are part of the Being T teacher training program. Suze mentioned that her own self-reflection on one-on-one interactions helped her shift her view of those very private moments in teaching. Very private and very powerful. I initially didn't think I would do very much private teaching myself. I I do versions of this program, for example, where I am working with somebody one-on-one. We're not in a small group. It's just teaching the whole program to somebody just as an individual. And I didn't set out thinking that would be something I'd be interested in doing. But then when I looked at a lot of my own learning background, um, I actually really do enjoy one-on-one work. Like I've had private yoga classes. I've had private acupuncture, movement therapy. I really enjoy when it's just me and the teacher. There's something about that that's really, um, I learn in a different way. And so you know, I ask folks to consider that, like, it may not be something that's super obvious that you would like working one-on-one with people, but reflect on your own experience of when you have really benefited a one-on-one relationship with somebody who's teaching you something. And you channel that into your experience when you are sharing tea with somebody and it becomes a lot less intimidating. Learn more about how to teach people about tea at beingtea.com. While you're there, check out Suzette's blog, Teacher's Path, about her reflections on education and the power of tea. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of tea biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the Tea Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.